0: welcome to PR After Hours, your twice-weekly cocktail of business, PR, and marketing tips hosted by me, Alex Greenwood. Every week, we bring you virtual happy hours featuring business advice from entrepreneurs and leading thinkers in PR, marketing, and business. We're going to get started in just a moment, so stick with us.
1: Hello, my name is Swire Ho, hashtag the promo guy from Garuda Promo. You're listening to PR After Hours with Alex Greenwood.
0: Well, you know, one of the toughest things about working in PR and one of the toughest things about hiring a PR firm is the process of successfully pitching a story to the news media. And, you know, it's a lot more complex, I think, than most people understand, even if you're in the business. In fact, one of the things I've learned after 27 years in the business is that Um, certain people are a lot better at it than others, and certain people have really kind of cracked the code on how to make a good pitch and connect with the right people to get the client where they need to be. So if you're a PR person, get ready for some secret sauce. If you're a business person, we're going to give you a little insight into what it's all about and what we're actually doing when we're trying to pitch you to the news media. And that's why I'm very excited to welcome Brittany Beard to the show. She's been in PR for more than 10 years. She's one of the co founders of At Large PR. She's written about PR for Entrepreneur, Business to Community, and CEO Magazine. Her clients have appeared on The Ellen DeGeneres Show, The New York Times, USA Today, Forbes, Business Insider, and many others. Wow, I wish I could say that. Hey, Brittany, welcome to the virtual lounge. Thank you wow so you've you've managed to uh, to get into the holy grail there of meeting uh, of media, your clients in uh, the media relations game uh yes, pretty exciting I have,
1: over the years
0: well let me let me ask you just in general then it has you've been in the business for 10 years or so and has is the media pitching side of it and the media relations side of it is that your favorite part of what you do
1: that's my favorite part of what i do um, it's the part where I see the most success, and I think that it's the most valuable part of what I do.
0: Okay, well then here, here we go. I've been doing this a little longer than you, and it's not my favorite part. Um, okay, and, and I'll tell you why. I, I, th- I, I gravitate more towards the strategic, you know, the creating an overall strategy, which of course, media relations is almost always a, a, a serious part of it. But I found that I'm, and I'm a former reporter and all that stuff back in. The day, I've just found though that. Uh, maintaining the relationships is tough for me after on over a long period, probably because I'm a small outfit anyway. And right. so that's, that's part of it for me. The toughness is maintaining those relationships, particularly when we're an age when newsrooms are just, just dwindling and dropping like flies and there's it's this crazy attrition and there's people changing. So uh, that's just part of it that I just like, Oh, that's so much work to keep up with that. But I suppose if, if this is your primary focus and you know, a huge part of your job is just consistently maintaining those relationships, it's a lot more fun.
1: <laughs> Well, um to tell you the truth, a lot of my a lot of my services aren't based on maintaining relationships because okay. I offer a one-time press release where I put the client as the contact on the release. Um so I craft the pitch based on what I think will work from my years of experience, put it together, and I send out the pitch, but I honestly found that um if they like the story they take it no matter who it comes from and if they don't like it they don't take it no matter who it comes from because i would take journalists to lunch and they would say oh which clients do you have that i can disappoint today like
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so true that's true. but 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 i'm sorry to interrupt you but i mean, but i think though there's still something you're doing you're you must write incredible subject lines too to get it to even get your pitches opened right
1: Yes, I think a subject line is a big part of getting your pitch opened, and I think that one of the keys is being crystal clear in the subject line about what the email is going to be about.
0: Okay, well let's let's get into that. So so you do you do you kind of do you draft several or do they usually come to you pretty quickly now that you've been doing this so well and for so long or do you, um, do you really? I basically have
1: them? a formula for them. Hmm. Do tell. Draft, I usually just draft the one. Um, so in every pitch, I offer something. So I don't like to send a press release without a pitch cover letter. Oh, yeah, um, offering something. Um, it can be guest pieces on a topic the client's an expert in. It can be a review sample of a product, a review copy of a book, or something as basic as an interview with a client who's an expert on a topic. Um, and so I make it clear in the subject line guest piece or interview with psychotherapists about psychological impact of the COVID holidays or, um, you know, review sample of vegan-friendly beauty products or just really clear what the email is going to be about. So they're pressed for time. Mm -hmm. They can decide based on the subject line if they even want to open it or not.
0: Yeah, you're basically pitching right there in the subject line then. That's the initial pitch right there. And right. It, then you, if you can break through there and get them to actually open it, then you've got your, your your detailed pitch, right? Right. Do you, do you when you do that pitch, do you kind of include, like you said, a pitch cover? Like what I typically do, I try to write a good subject line and I get a good open rate. I'll admit that. I just don't always deliver as well on getting the story, you know, fully there. But um, do you, do you uh, what I typically do is I'll write my pitch. I'll get the subject line, like you say, and I'll... I probably could do more detail in the subject line. You just taught me something there. I'm going to try that a little bit. But I'll write okay. my pitch, and I, and I keep that pretty short. You know, I keep it pretty bullet-pointed. I don't want to waste your time. Um, and then I'll just say, um, if you want detailed information, uh, I paste to the presser below my signature. And I figure That's that way. Is exactly that cool? exactly what I do. Yes. Okay. Well, but yet, <laughs> but yet I'm not on the Ellen show. Hmm. Okay, no. Uh, <laughs> so, that, was a special, well, <laughs> that was
1: a special case. The client, it was a client that created custom oil portraits um, mm. and they created a custom oil portrait of Ellen and sent it to Ellen. Oh,
0: nice. Nice. So well, it, you, it
1: wasn't just off of a pitch.
0: Right. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. I, and I, I, I'm always asking reporters and producers. I, I typically do about a monthly, every other month or something like that appearance on a local TV station and talk about social media and stuff like that. And I always ask the producer, you know, uh, they always say, "Just pitch me whatever you got." And I mean, half the time, I I know that I didn't even open them, but I'm like, and they know me, right? Um, right. But I but I always ask myself. I said, "Look, I'm not here to you know." Bust your chops or anything, but was my pitch just terrible or whatever? And of course, they can't even recall seeing it because they see so many every day, right? Right. Um, So, so I have to disabuse myself of the notion that I'm special just because I'm on TV every once in a while with them. You know, they're like, (laughs) dude, dude, you're filling up, you're you're plugging up a hole in our show. That's all you're doing. Don't, don't, you know, don't get too impressed with yourself. But I think I have to manage those expectations though with my clients who see me on TV and go, that guy's plugged in Uh, because I've actually had them say, well, you know, everybody, Channel Five, come on now. I'm like, "It, it doesn't give me a free pass to give them a cruddy pitch it's got to be something worthwhile
1: right right there's that misconception that you can just call bob at forbes and say like i've got a story for you and he's going to publish it whether he likes it or not whether his editor likes it or not whether it's a fit for forbes if forbes readers will like it like yeah.
0: Absolutely, and I have uh, I, I have a, a running joke. I'm, I'm going to have lunch later today, late lunch today, with a with longtime client, and we have this running joke because I was so when I started my own agency almost 12 years ago, he was one of my eh, my first year, he's one of my first clients, and I I was so concerned though that he understood that the only way I could guarantee him publication or a broadcast is if I own the newspaper or the TV station or the website, right. you know, it's the only guarantee you can or you buy an ad, okay, right, um, and I think I overdid it because to this day when he called me, he says, Hey, I want to go to lunch and talk about our latest project. And I said, I'll be there. Just tell me what time he says, but can you guarantee it? <laughs> and he just meant, can you guarantee you'll go to lunch? And he does that to me every darn time, but he's a friend too now. And oh, it's yeah. kind of great, but that's, that's the thing though. I think, uh, Brittany, I'd like to just, just hit on every time we talk about media pitching and about interactions with the news media is even your most seasoned, even your most connected PR person, sometimes you just can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear or timing is wrong for things, right? Can you talk us to a little bit about timing?
1: You just have to have the right pitch for the right person at the right time. Like that example I gave you earlier of the guest piece or interview with the psychotherapist um, about the psychological impact of the COVID holidays. I had the right pitch at the right time for the right person. And that got in the New York times. But I've never, ever gotten another story for another client in the New York Times. But I had I had the right story for the right person right when they were working on a story about COVID and its psychological impact. Sometimes it just comes down to the luck of being in the right place at the right time.
0: It's true, and and I that's just that's part of that whole thing about guarantees and things. And and I want to talk to you in a minute about newswires, But before we get there, can I can I bounce something off of you that just just happened to me recently with one of my clients? Would is that sure. okay? Sure. Uh, I'm going to lay on the couch here. This is my therapy session with Brittany. She's going to kind of listen to my problem and, and okay. diagnose me. Um, no, but seriously, Brittany, I I had a, a new client, and uh, I'll just keep this very innocuous so people can't. Guess if anybody wants to. I don't want to embarrass the client because the client has no reason to be embarrassed, but I don't want to violate their privacy on this. But anyway, it was a local client with a regional business. They were a fourth generation family of what they do. They're doing a really cool innovation. And I'm not talking about just having a cool website or whatever, you know, or or anything like that, but they had a really cool innovation that actually would. Um, And will, I think, and they think, uh, change the way business is done in their sector, at least here in this area. Well, my thought was, this is clearly a business journal type story. Okay. Uh, Okay. We have Kansas City City Business Journal, but there's business journals all over the country. Yeah, Right. Um, Okay. Not the New York Times, but very well uh, respected and received publications. Well, I know people there. I made a, I, I created a pitch that I actually handcrafted with the client, more so than I normally do because they had never worked with a PR person before. And I wanted them to understand the difference between a press release and a pitch. And I wanted to try to walk up them through because they were very please explain to us what you're going to do you know I normally don't like to get too much into process because frankly you don't need to know how the sausage is made I've got a track record let me go do my business but I thought you know what I'm gonna go ahead and educate right but I'm gonna educate them a little because it'll help help me if I'm if I educate them properly where they won't be asking a lot of weird questions or being freaked out about things that are normal okay there uh, we got that set up good news is I made the pitch and within two hours had a response Gosh. Yeah. Would love to, uh, love to know more. Can you get me an interview with, with the persons involved? here? Yeah. In, I mean, two hours. That's wow. Talk about your timing and all that. So I set up an interview. Um, I prepped the client. We do a kind of a mock interview with him just to make sure cause he was nervous. Um, and I let him go. I didn't sit in on the interview. I don't do that very often. I, I find right. that it, 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 I think it irritates reporters and I just don't, I don't do it very often unless it's a crisis. Yeah. It, I'll do it during crisis. I mean, most reporters understand if it's a crisis, I'm going to sit in. But anyway, the, uh, so I, the client calls me back uh, at the day of the interview. He calls me uh, about two hours later. He says, my gosh, he interviewed me for like hour and almost hour and a half.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> and I said, "Well, that could be very good or very bad." I, I didn't say that too. I mean, it's like it wasn't like pulling teeth to get stuff or whatever. But he, I said, "Tell me what he asked." And he said, "Well, he just actually went point by point through everything in the press release and just wanted me to expand on that." I said, "Oh, well, that's good. Okay, good. He's Great. looking for good juicy quotes, isn't he Is that what he's doing, Brittany? That's what I think he's doing. That's he's looking what it for-
1: sounds like. Yeah.
0: So." uh i said well good job pat yourself on the back go have a cocktail whatever this friday or something go have a cocktail i'll talk to you we'll keep an eye on it and it's a weekly pub and of course they do some daily stuff on the website but it sounded to me like he was really gunning for a real printed story that might be a feature so i let it go nothing the first week nothing the second week and then i'm starting to go hmm so middle of the third week waiting i ping the guy the reporter and then he says yeah i decided I, i didn't want to use it um I'll I'll save some of this for maybe a bigger story down the road. So anyway, that's the way it goes. He didn't say that's the way it goes. He said anyway, that was it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ever happened to you?
1: <laughs> I've had I've had things like that happen. It it's inexplicable. Like everything can go great, and then they don't run the story, or like maybe they. Happens.
0: Maybe they run up against their editor who looks at it and just says, no, too puff piece, or maybe too much like a commercial. I've heard that. Right. Uh, it just, But I've rarely had them do such an in depth interview and then just scotch the story. And uh, that was very difficult I don't to explain. Think I've never the
1: had them go to that extent and then not ran the story. Yeah
0: and it this is where it would have been handy had I sat in just so I could kind of get a feel for it but again I don't do that just like you said you don't like to do that either but I guess we'll never know um but I told the client this I said look here's the thing here's what you did get out of it okay first of all we have a story and we could send it to other publications and that's what I did I started pitching other publications anyway right. we, we don't have to go into that but uh, but I did that I said ultimately that you've got something really nice SEO piece for your company blog on your website put that on there uh, and I said also you're on the radar with this reporter now, and you weren't before. And he's going to keep right. you in mind as a source for what you do. And I said, right. I said you might find that it's going to sneak up on you in about three to six months. You're going to call out of the blue. You're going to get a call from him saying, hey, remember we ate this thing, blah, blah. I've got right. a new story. like to get your opinion. Right?
1: Right. Did that happen?
0: Not yet, but it's only been a couple okay. of months. So, <clears throat> excuse me, but it's fresh on my mind because I don't know about you, but I, I don't like, uh, I don't like hitting doubles and triples. I like home runs for my client. And Man, when you can just sniff the home plate, when you just think you're right there, you know, and then to get tagged out at third, it just kind of sucks. But, um, okay, well, anyway, I always like to run that by folks like yourself and just say, can you see anywhere we might have gone wrong? But it sounds like it's just not really on on us. Okay. All right, good. Um, Okay, good. Well, let's talk a little bit then about that relationship. Um, I'd like to know... um, in particular, uh, for the folks out there, even if they're not PR people, a lot of uh, small business people and, uh, and entrepreneurs and people who listen to the show, uh, they ask me occasionally about a good newswire to use if they, because I always tell okay. them too. I okay, I don't know about you, Brittany, but sometimes I get a call and it's just like, you know, I might help them craft a press release or, but I don't typically like to just do one-offs very often because I like to help them with their whole strategy, and blah blah blah. Right. But, but I often say to just go ahead and, you know, let me look at it. Well, you know, if it looks good then go put it on a newswire and they always ask me which one. Well, um, there's several out there. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Um, So I do. So there's a lot of very expensive newswires out there and you can spend $750 plus for a newswire. Um, And you can also have them say you only have 400 words and charge you more if you go over the 400 words on that same newswire and also get charged for an image. Um, so I, I actually really like, and there's some that are only in the like three hundreds range, but I actually really like AB newswire to be honest, it's only Mm. $40 and I get better results from it than from other more expensive news wires. The reports I pull from it are amazing.
0: Huh? I, I am. Uh, she can see me, folks. I'm looking it up right now. I've, I'm embarrassed to tell you, I've never heard of AB NewsWire.
1: Huh? I'll send you a sample report. They do a great job. This is wow.
0: Forty dollars? Are you kidding me?
1: I'm not. It's five hundred for the year.
0: Man, that is great. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, send me a report if you would. Um, it's funny we, we did. We did have a we had a guest on who uh, recently on the show, and he is the proprietor of of eReleases. dot com, which does a pretty good job too, from what I understand. And he's a little cheaper, um, but it's just interesting. Gosh, I am always up for something that's really um, well. Saying budget makes it sound like it's not good, but obviously you think it's good. I think it's um, good. And I deal with a lot of small to mid sized companies, and yeah. I mean, and here's the deal, I could offer them that kind of deal. I'm, I'm sure this might be the way you work it, or a lot of people do, is you, you're going to upcharge, you're going to do the service, you're going to upcharge them for putting it together and doing it. And even with your upcharge, it's going to really come out really cheaply, I think.
1: Right. It comes out very inexpensively. I like that. I
0: like that a lot. Okay. Alright. I'm going to have, please do uh, put me down to look at one of your your samples. I'd love to see I that. I will. Um, so, Brittany, yeah, um, uh, there's a Another thing I think we should cover while well, we got you here, and strangely enough, because we're on a podcast, maybe we should talk about podcasting a little bit. Okay. I, I don't know about you, uh, but um, when I, uh, I don't at this moment need to look for guests right now, and it's not because my show is so incredible, although I think it's very nice. Um, it's because I'm a founding member of Matchmaker FM, and I was just wondering, do you use Matchmaker to book guests or to book yourself, yes. or how do you, how do you do it? Tell us all about yes, it. Yes,
1: I do use matchmaker.fm to book guests. Um I've been using that for close to a year now. And that is the best way i found to book podcast guests. Um, I have two other great sources of podcasts, but I don't know if you want me to mention them. You
0: can say whoever you want.
1: Okay. Um, Podmatch is one Uh I've just started using. Me too. Um, And clients have been liking it. I've just started using it and I've been seeing some success with it. And then radio guest list.com always sends, um, emails with leads for radio shows and podcasts.
0: That's helpful for the radio shows in particular, because that's an area I don't think matchmaker does anything with. or I don't know right. if the, the other one does either. I just started pod too. Um, and uh, we had Alex uh, Sanfilippo on this show last year who started one of these. I, I don't know if it was Podmatch, but he's, he started one of these too. And uh, it might be Podmatch. I don't know. And um, I just never jumped on it until recently. And he reminded me. He was like, hey, come on, man. Go try it. It's, you can try it for free. And it's it's really great. Uh, but I will, say, I will warn you podcast hosts out there, if you get on Matchmaker and you set up a decent uh, profile as a show, you will very likely be inundated. Now, I have two shows. I have the PR After Hours show, Brittany, and that's what you see is what you get here with that. It's it's business-related, PR, marketing, and right. general business. And then I have something called Mysterious Goings-On, which is about creativity, leans heavily on writers, and I interview writers constantly. That show is primarily fed... Hmm, what's that?
1: That's interesting. Oh, thank you.
0: It's I've been doing that one since 2016. It's my labor of love because I write on the side. But I that show has okay. been lately taken over by uh, to, 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 to book people, publicists have found it and people like you and me but you know book publicists and uh i'm booked to the end of the year on that one just by publicists alone so i i have frozen my matchmaker you know how you can freeze your pro they can freeze profile say this i've had to and i've actually had to do it here for pr after hours because i'm just inundated with great guests don't get me wrong like yourself but i i don't have any more time um i'm averaging two interviews a week and i'm booked all the way through january 2022 um so be careful it, well yeah what you be be careful what you wish for folks because i was like when i started pr after hours i was like man i can't just can't just be me giving tips out every week i got to get people involved in them right boom, boom so uh are you booking yourself using one of those two as a guest or how does that work i'm
1: booking myself using matchmaker.fm um i I get a little nervous doing podcasts and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't aggressively pursue it too much. Um, Sometimes I start feeling like the shoemaker that doesn't have shoes and say, oh, I need to do my own PR. And so I'll book a podcast or something like that. Um, So yes, I do use it for myself, but not as much as I should.
0: You sound like me. I, I mean, I, well, I mean, obviously, I mean, I have no trouble getting on them or anything like that. But I find, uh, I found since I constantly, I'm I'm interviewing, I'm interviewing folks two days a week, half the day or all day, depending on the day. So I get plenty of talk time in, obviously, and top and I right. get to meet wonderful people. And then when I, like I just yesterday I interviewed a, a really wonderful guest, and he has a little podcast of his own. He says, can I get you on there? I'd love to. Have it. And that's happened to me over and over. And that's the point where I am right now. It's like, okay, if that one of these relationships works and they invite me that's what i'm going to do but i very rarely go pitch myself um, to be on the shows because simply because i feel like that portion of my week is taken up with client work and with these podcasts and i feel like business development that's it um but i i will confess too though that um it's awkward for me because i'm in charge having my shows right and then i get to be the guest and then I, i i feel like oh my gosh um i gotta be careful here i'm not running this interview i need to (laughs) Quit <laughs> acting like the host So anyway, but that's silly. That's silly. But I think I think those are great suggestions, Brittany. Um, is there, and this is just kind of out, 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 out of left field, though, uh, one last kind of general question. Then I want to ask you some specific questions about what you offer your clients. But okay. uh, is there, has there been in the 10, or 10 plus years you've been involved in public relations, has there been a shift in your opinion in um and and reporters' attitudes about pitches in general—have you noticed a sea change? Is is it is it trend based? Is it seasonal based? Is um, that what do you think?
1: I mean, I think there have always been some grumpy reporters, and there are still <laughs> some grumpy reporters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's more grumpy people than there used to be, or anything like that. I, most of them are still very nice and very lovely to work with. I I don't think there's been a huge change really
0: do you think that there's just i think that i i think if i were answering that question i would say that the change has just really been more about technology and how they receive pitches but not necessarily um on how they manage them
1: i do not believe it's a best practice to call anyone on the phone um I I think that reporters have enough stresses on their time that I don't think that they want you calling them. You don't like to be called about your car warranty. I don't <laughs> think they... <laughs> True. I think I think for them, it's the same as getting called about their car warranty. So yeah. I don't think it's a good idea to call them.
0: Well, the worst thing you can do is call and say, did you get my press release? Oh, great. Right. They hate that. They really do. And th- that's a message to all you out there who are gonna use A B or, or one of these services or or you're just gonna maybe get into your local media. It's it's really not a great idea to do that because they are so busy. And sometimes I've had clients say, Oh, well, I'm busy too, but you know what? I answer my phone. I'm like, I understand this, but if you understood the sheer volume of uh, contacts that are attempted to make on the average reporters uh, day and and the right. demands on their time and how about this just sitting down to actually write something i mean you know to get time to do that which a lot right. of folks need a lot of concentration so Brittany, i totally agree with you well let's talk uh, a little bit more though about um, at large pr what what let's let's hear the the services you specialize in we obviously know you do media relations what else do you offer
1: Sure. The main thing we offer is media relations and we do monthly packages like most PR companies do. And we offer it on a month to month basis um, where people can cancel at the end of every month. And, you know, we have to earn your business every month. And we also offer one-time press releases or pitches, which is a little different than most people do. And that's the core of our business. We don't, we offer some other services, like media training through vendors, like mm-hmm. I'm not a media trainer because I don't consider myself an expert interviewee by any means. Um, like, like someone who's great. nervous to do podcast interviews shouldn't be the person training. You're doing um, great, you really are. Okay, well thank you so much. Um, so I have someone else handle that kind of thing. The other service that we offer that is maybe a little different is we go straight books.
0: Oh, really? Say more about that.
1: Sure. So I have a team of ghostwriters. I used to ghostwrite the books myself, but now I have a team of ghostwriters and they talk to the client. Most clients do it over the phone and do a series of interviews. And the ghostwriter, they'll download their brain to the ghostwriter for an hour to two hours for the first call and give them kind of an overview of the book um their whole vision for it if it's a non-fiction book maybe an overview of each chapter and what's going to be in it if it's a fiction book maybe like about the characters and their motivations and an overview of the plot and then the ghostwriter will take and write questions and then they'll do phone interviews and the person gets interviewed and then the ghostwriter writes their chapter sends it to them for approval and then Writes their next chapter, sends it to them for approval, and at the end of the day, they have a book.
0: <laughs> that's fantastic. That is that is some, and that is hard work. And for people who aren't writers and, are, and want to, a book, that's that's just an, an essential service. But it's such hard work. I've done some ghostwriting myself, and uh, uh, oh, yeah. actually was approached recently to write a business book, and I was just like oh, because it, it's such it's pretty labor intensive. I guess you guys it have is. got it down to a science. So
1: it is. Yeah. Yes.
0: All right, well, that sounds cool. So, we're, we're talking, so the month to month pitching services, your general PR. Yeah, I do a lot of the things too that you're talking about where I'll consult, but I have some vendors who do other things for me. But I'm also a vendor for a lot of companies, a lot of PR firms call me because. We do crisis communication planning and services, and they bring okay. me in and work with the client to get it. I don't mean, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, I don't know when I'm going to have a crisis. I mean, no, I, I always say you're missing that final word there, planning. I'm going to help you plan. We're going to write a plan. They're like, oh, why do I need a plan? I say, well, why do you have car insurance? That's why you right. need a plan. Yeah. So we do that. So it's good. I think I was going to say though, it's good that, you know, I think that's one reason you guys are successful at, at large is because you've identified the niches that you want to, you know, work in and it sounds, sounds like you're doing great.
1: Thank you. Yes. I do not have the personality for crisis communications. My anxiety <laughs> level would be like here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's its own world. And it takes a special personality. That's,
0: well, I, I will tell you now and what I've been doing. I have been getting away from managing active crisis. You know, like I get calls because oh, people, they, they see crisis, the SEO, my location. Right. There it comes. And I, I have to explain to them. I have people I work with who are active crisis. Like I could call this person now and she will be there in an hour and she will take charge. But I'm with you now. The older I get, not that you're old, but me, the older I get, the less right. I need that stress. and. Right. Uh, and, and I, you know, when you're younger, when I was younger, I lived for it. I was like, oh, this is excitement. Let's go. But, right. uh, yeah, I, you know, life's too short. I don't want to do that. So I'll do that occasionally. But, yeah, I just love the planning because I've got the experience on the front line, and I just enjoy that. So, if you ever, just saying, I'm not making a commercial. Well, yeah, I am. I'm making a commercial. If any of you PR people listening out there, you need crisis cl- uh, planning services, give me a call. But I think if you need to speak with somebody about months and months pitching services, you should give Brittany Bearden a call, Brittany. Because you know what? That's one last thing I want to ask you is, um, what if I'm, what if I got a tough nut to crack, and I'm just like, I don't feel up to it? Can I, can I, can you? Will you vend, or will you contract with another PR person or PR firm? That's good. That's good to know. Hmm. That's very good to know. So, folks, keep that in mind too. Well, Brittany, how do people get a hold of you to learn more?
1: Um, sure. The best way to reach me is um, by email. Okay. Um, at Brit, B R I T T, at, at large com, largepr.com, A T L A R G E P R.com. Okay. Um, or and
0: the website is.
1: The website is www.atlargepr.com.
0: I love the site, folks. I've, I looked at it. Um, core principles, integrity, expertise, value, adaptability, reliability, respect, self-improvement, and systemic. These are some great principles. Brittany Bearden, I have really enjoyed meeting you. And I've, I learned so much in this little brief moment we had together. So thank you. I'm going to check out that press release service. But do please send me one of those sample reports. I'm dying to see what that looks like. Absolutely. Um, well, again. Brittany, um, thanks so much for joining us here in the virtual lounge today.
1: It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, you know what that means? Looks like it's last call here at your virtual lounge for PR news, views, and interviews. Don't forget, you can ask me a question anytime. You can do it through our Twitter account, which is at ourspr, or even better, you can send me a message vocally. I would love to hear your voice, and I'll answer it on the show. There's a link in the show notes. All you have to do is sign up through Anchor FM. It's free. doesn't take long, and you record your message. I get the message. I will play your audio. Just give me your first name and the city you live in, and then I will answer the question to the best of my ability right here on the show. Don't forget, too, if you're enjoying this podcast, you can support it and help increase the frequency and value of the show just consider being a sponsor for your brand or your agency or just yourself because you're like, I like this show. Or just drop a few coins in the virtual tip jar. Either way, there's links in the show notes. Please check that out. All of that, of course, being in the show notes where you're listening right now or at prafterhours.com. I see that they're turning up the lights. Last call is over, and I've got to clean up this virtual lounge. And until next time, I'm Alex Greenwood, and you've been listening to PR After Hours on Anchor FM.